0: Go get it. And leave us a review on Launch oh Time. Yeah, please like leave us a review. For the love of God. Oh
1: yeah. A good one. A good one. Would be the ideal. Well, idea. Often, often of. people say, I don't care if you leave a
0: bad review or a good review,
1: just leave a review. I care. <laughs> <laughs> <Butter>. Scotch. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 200 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the Artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is April 18th, 2019. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There may be uh, profanities and uh, bad stuff. Mostly profanity. Mostly profanity. Actually, really no bad stuff. No bad stuff, but uh, but things that children maybe shouldn't be, you know, they don't need to know about. According to some people. Yeah. Uh, So uh, why are we doing this episode one day after the most recent episode?
0: Because Mm -hmm. Levelhead is now available at Early Access on Steam! yeah <laughs> is that right that's, that's right that's correct that's yeah. right uh, it's launched Sam today. was actually just guessing because we just told him to come in here and do a podcast episode mm-hmm. yeah. he has like, no idea why
1: he's been real blindsided by <laughs> <it>. <laughs> what he's our, he's our marketer yeah that's has no idea to do. actually I gotta go yeah we pulled a good prank on him we, yep. uh, we just, we just launched money. the game today so mm-hmm. for those of you in the community of discord who have predicted that it was April 18th nice you know, nice one are correct. nice yes. one good work so there's that, there's that fine line you got to walk. We, you know, we, we did a soft Beyonce launch of this. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to launch it too early in the month because you know, then we have less time to work on the game, right? Yep. And if we say it's coming out in April, then of course the longer April goes on, the more likely it is that, that any given day mm-hmm. – because yep. if, you, if you wait until April 29th and people are like, well, I mean, it's 55 at this point, right? Yeah. Exactly the middle has the most uncertainty. That's yeah. what we wanted. We'll keep you on your toes. Because it could just a coin toss at that point. Yep. You know, what, is, what is it today? I don't know. Actually, it's not a coin toss. It's like a, th- it's a 15-sided coin. That's like a and d thing, right? Mm-hmm. They got those 15-sided coins.
0: Those coins? Yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: so you we're doing them, early action. roll your 15-sided coins around. <laughs> <and> roll <them. laughs> you roll them. You uh, roll them, and then they land on one side. So of you know a, it's, so it's not
0: a D15. It's a C15 for coin C15. 15. Mm-hmm. You
1: roll it. Whichever side it lands on, uh-huh. you're, that's, you're good. Yep, definitely. That's how you know. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about early access. How long are we doing it? Why are we doing it? What's happening with What's this?
0: deal? Yeah, so we decided to do early access actually back in November yeah. of last year. And the reason was that we wanted to start building a community around Levelhead. And... The big, the big sort of thing you have to do is people have to have something to do as a community, right? So you can't just have them get excited about the game, though that has been working to some degree. Uh, really, we wanted to be able to put the game into the hands of players so that they could start experiencing it and then shaping it with us because Levelhead is a game all about sharing levels. It's all about building stuff and competing with your friends. And so it didn't really make any sense for us to try to essentially optimize everything about it on a community level before the community got to interact with it. Yeah, so Early Access is all about getting it into the hands of players and then reshaping and adding new content to the game based on player feedback. Yeah. We of course have our own designs and our own dreams, but what we're going to do with it. But um, really it's about finding those surprising things that we didn't even know and honing all the systems such that the thing just works really well for people coming in, building stuff, sharing it with friends and feeling the sort of thrill that we get as designers for, uh, you know, seeing your numbers rack up as people play your levels and that sort of thing. So we're super excited See about them it. Hopefully, rack up. Hopefully, rack up. Yeah. If you get all, enough exposure backs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're so excited. And uh, we plan on being in early access for anywhere from, you know, six to 12 months. I don't know.
1: Six to 12 months or years.
0: Yeah. Um, it's or hard or to say. just the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Hard to say. The the big 1.0 is really sort of a, a secret, mainly because we're not entirely certain exactly. It's not only it's secret, but it's also uh, a state of mind. It is. You know, it's not, it's not real. It is. And so level that is already super polished and, and i know some people will be asking why is it in early access because that happens to games that are, that are very polished when they're there um we want to do it's all the extra stuff about the game that's not what's currently available essentially and so yeah we made sure the stuff that's in there is polished yeah but it doesn't
1: have all the stuff in there that we want to have in there yep yeah so, so, so we'll, we'll keep there. adding stuff to the game and then at some point we'll be like it's done and then we'll be like just kidding but It's launched now, and then we'll keep working on it. Yep, you know, for a while because that's how games work. Yep, and then uh, then we'll launch into late access, which is where you were—you just missed the whole thing. The game is dead now. It's been ten years. Yeah, nobody even remembers it. Mm -hmm. Um, Feeding tubes. Yeah, and that's going to be kind of like our third phase Uh of the game. Yeah, is I think Diablo Two is doing that now. They're launching into late access, Mm -hmm. and so we really want to kind of like true. We want to kind of capitalize on that new. Hip new trend. It's that demographic who just was not paying attention
0: for years and then you got to – For a lot of years. Yeah. It's really hard to get them though. Yeah. Turns
1: out. Um, And then of course after 10 years, what you want to really do with that is like make sure the game is exactly as it was. Don't update anything. Don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. Keep the graphics the same, everything. Um, Because what you really want to do is capitalize on like the community growth that comes from people complaining about – how the game looks now that it's been out for 20 <laughs> yes. years, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot like, of the nostalgia. Yeah. A lot of people were really kind of like bond mm-hmm. around that aspect. Yeah, and you if know. you wait long enough, you can then have the grave access, which is, which is when the game it's not even playable anymore. It's not even it's uh, not
0: playable. It's that there's nobody a, a, alive who remembers that. Nobody even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is kind of how I feel like, I think that's kind of where we are with the Tartar games, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's uh, true. Where I'm waiting. Every once in a while I see one of those again, and I'm like, Oh yeah. When I was, when I was like a young, young kid, that was already, it was already, on its, was already on its way out. It was already on its way out. Yeah, know? and it's uh, long yeah, gone. It's long gone. Long so gone. hopefully, your game just continues being played in
1: people's memories. For yeah. time. <laughs> so just forever. to just to recap, we're early access now. <laughs> We'll be launching into full access at some point. Then we'll hit a late access launch within a 10 to 20 year kind of window mm-hmm. after that. And, and then, then grave access in, after about 30 years. Yeah, which is where it, you it's, it's dead gone now. now. Yep. It has been burned from cultural memory of, of mankind. And we, we will make a futile attempt to try to resurrect it, probably mm. with our own console. Mm, yeah. 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 I think mm-hmm. that's how you do it. Yep. Yeah, we can call it like the Oh Yeah or something like oh, that, that, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, nobody's done that before. No. Nope. Uh, so what, real quick, what even is this podcast? Because I feel like we're going to have a lot of new players coming in today. So first, welcome. We can, we welcome, welcome new listeners. We kind of just barreled into this thing. As we do. As we. So let's talk about that. This is episode 200. So clearly we've been doing this for a, a little bit. We're no spring chickens when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, Is a spring
0: chicken – how is that different from like a regular chicken? I think it's just, chicken. A, it's just a chicken born in the springtime. So it's very fresh. I see. You know what I mean? It's a fresh chicken. Yeah. <laughs>
1: gotcha. Assuming you're – you know, it is spring. hmm You're talking about spring chicken but it's fall. Then I guess it's like that's kind of an old, old chicken. One now. That's like yeah. a that's yeah. temporal chicken. chicken actually, or maybe is it just
0: in springtime chickens behave as if they are young. Because they're so oh, yeah, that 's about they the come outside. Out. That's like the videos of the cows that get let out after a long winter stuck inside. No, like, and they yeah. just like just prancing around. That's what I do as well. Yeah. So this podcast, back to the point, yeah. uh, is a – it's it's a one-hour chat every single week where we sit down and we talk about what's going on in the studio, what's going on with the games, and also uh, the industry at large. And then we take fan and player questions. So the purpose of it is really just to, one, keep us sane because yeah. game development's really hard. Also, can be very stressful and take an hour every week for us to just kind of sit around the three brothers, co-founders of the studio, uh, and just sort of shoot the breeze. really takes the edge off. And then beyond that, it's about, you know, just hanging out with the players because we like to actually have some
1: closeness unlike the large studios. And it's a lot more – it's a lot more personal than a blog post. You know, like if we want to do a development blog and talk about things, um, you know, you got to – not very many people read those for starters. Yeah. Also, it's just not as fun or interesting for us to do because we like somebody would sit down and write it. And you got to proofread the thing. And we got to put pictures in this blog post. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah.
0: You don't have to edit your your speech. You know, retroactively. You just, you just say stuff. Yeah. Badly. And you can have terrible like, grammar. Well, run on sentences. Mm-hmm. You cannot
1: end your sentences with you know things that make sense. You can interrupt <laughs> each other as much as you want. It's apparently, all fine. Apparently, that doesn't matter because oh. that's basically all we do, mm-hmm. and then people still listen. Yeah. So. Uh so we get a lot of leeway here. Yeah. You know? It's nice. Yeah. And so so we've been doing this this podcast now for over four years. Has it been four
0: years? Is I mean two hundred
1: episodes? Shit. Or I guess not, not over four years, but just um, around direction. four years.
0: Twenty two. Two oh eight would be
1: right? 52-12. So There's some two
0: weeks, but there's. Here's the thing. It It doesn't matter. It's very close to four years. It's
1: close to four years. All right. And (laughs) we started the podcast while we were developing uh, Crashlands, Mm -hmm. which is our most recently launched game. And I think at the time we started it, and by most recently launched, we mean three years ago, ago, which is also 150 episodes
0: ago. That's why I'm so excited to get this damn game out because we haven't launched something new in a while. It's been a minute.
1: And we've only been working on Levelhead for uh, 15 months or something like that. Less than So, So you might might be asking like, what happened in the intervening couple of years? Lots of stuff. You You can can go back and listen (laughs) to the podcast if you're real, if you're really interested. Um, But I mean, a lot of it was, that was our first, Crashlands was our first kind of like game that got a lot of traction. And for us, it was a lot of learning how to navigate that whole experience. We did work on the game for another year and, and do lots of work on it and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's what this podcast is, and hopefully, you know, if you get into Levelhead and any new new folks, you know, stick around. Maybe, uh, maybe give us a weekly listen, and then you'll kind of be able to stay in touch with what's happening in, in the, the game, scene. in the studio, with the community.
0: And it does pair nicely with early access too, because if if you're into the early access experience of just being right in there with on development, the bleeding you know, edge. on the bleeding edge, knowing exactly what's coming and and Being able to opine on the things that have already happened or whatever. uh, This is is a nice way to do that because every week we'll just talk about our side of that same sort of coin as early access goes on.
1: And also the the podcast helps us to be people because we know that like a lot of players view game studios as like these faceless giant monsters that are sort of sneaking into your room and stealing your wallet. Although this is just audio. So people do not see our our faces. We may be a monster. A yeah. three mouthed demon. Yeah, uh, but that makes but I think <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it helps it helps us and it helps our players to know that that as far as like the the, the gameplay programming that's me all of it. <laughs> just that's me Seth and then all the web stuff that's is Adam that's just all mine and all mm-hmm. the pictures and art that you see is Sam yep which so, on the one hand means that's the person you blame
0: right but on yeah, the yeah. on the hand that I hope you take instead. It's just that one person just doing all
1: that hard work for you, yeah, yeah. doing their best, and kind just of recognizing that you know you you may see something in the game that you would like to see improved and all that stuff, and 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 it helps to recognize that if you've got just a couple of people working on the game, then we have a very deep well of tasks mm-hmm. that we are currently working through, um, and we may not always get to the thing. Immediately or ever, (laughs) probably ever, Uh, but uh, it's just kind of a good way for us to make ourselves known to the community of kind of like what our, what our deal is. So, uh, so let's talk about, about level head, like the development and kind of how it's gone so far and then kind of where we see, where we see it going. So we started it in January of last year. Yeah. What was the inspiration? It was started as a, almost like a palate
0: cleanser because we had just basically killed a project called Scuffle Buddies, which our listeners we were, to have been We were
1: six long. months deep in that uh, morass.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we made a few design twists and turns that had made it very difficult to climb out of that morass. And so mm-hmm. we burned it down, which is one of our uh, I think the morass is kind of fun because it also just sounds like more ass. It's very good. It's a good just word. too much. Just too much uh, too <laughs> So we... We uh, we escaped from the, the gravity of that butt and uh, managed to start fresh with Levelhead. And the idea was we wanted to build a game that people could build stuff in. That that was that kind of the, the extent of it. And then we looked around and we saw that there was this, what appeared to be a nice hole in the market where, you know, there wasn't something like this on PC in particular or on consoles. Um, and certainly not in the mobile space, aside from the old Mario Maker on Wii U. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, okay, let's we'll take a crack at this and see if we can do it. We've never made platformers before. How, how hard could it be? How hard could it be? <laughs> That's how most of our projects start, and then we learn how hard it is, and Pretty then hard. we say, would we have done this if we knew how hard it was? Yep. And this The answer is always
1: is, no, but also I'm glad we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's also our first UGC user generated content game because mm-hmm. we our players to be able to not only make stuff, but then share the stuff that they have made with yeah. one another. So yeah. they can go through the joys and the triumphs and the tragedies of making things and giving it to other people to experience. Watch them just destroy it. Yeah. Now yeah. well, yeah. you get to have that feeling too. <laughs> so we get all You're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, we basically prototyped the game over 11 weeks or so and we took it to this conference called GDC, Game Developer Conference out in San Francisco, and uh, showed it to some people. Some people being the platforms of the world, like Steam and Apple and Google. And, yeah. Uh, we actually just – we we went over to a, a laptop that had Steam open
1: on it and we just like – so we just, just held the game up, the to, the game it, up mm, to it. We're like, can, can it. Can the laptop nodded and said, mm. Mm. yep. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: the response we got back from those platforms was, was very excited and much more so than they were even for our previous game, Crashlands, when we showed them that. And so we came back from that trip and we said both, yes, but also, oh, shit, because we didn't realize what we had built. And so we sort of stepped back and we said, okay, do we want to actually take this thing all the way? Because we thought we were going to wrap that thing up. Basically, like last last May or whatever. And it was going to be sort of like a quiet little workable thing. Um, And so what has proceeded then from that moment was we said, "Okay, let's do this for real and just started building, building as fast as we could. And uh, last September, we were announced by Nintendo coming to the Switch back at uh, PAX. And got to go out to Nintendo HQ, which is super cool. And then um, this, and we met Freddy, Reggie, who now is not there anymore. Yeah, so yeah, you know that was a him. one-time deal. He came in the room, and everyone just got quiet. Yeah, it was amazing. He had a, he had an awesome uh, pin on that had the, so the Smash, Bros. Smash Bros. Bros logo. Yeah, which was, so it's
1: yeah. kind of like how you know President of the United States has always gets shit for not wearing an American flag yeah. pin. You mm-hmm. know, he had a Smash Bros. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great.
0: So <laughs> uh, we've we've gotten to do a couple of cool things because of Level Head already, and. And now we finally get to get it in people's hands. So the journey on the backside of that has been we've also overhauled our studio to do what's called DevOps, which is like a sort of a fancy, cool way of doing production and makes your lives way easier. And hopefully this launch much smoother for us so that everything's on fire. We can kind of enjoy it this weekend. We will find out
1: tomorrow because we're recording the podcast the
0: the day before you guys listen to it. We'll find out today. We'll find out today. (laughs) Yeah. Correct.
1: Yeah, and I think the other consideration for level head is when we launched Crashlands, but now 3 over 3 years ago. Um we were watching the activity of like the community and stuff around the game, and although the game got a really good response and everybody who played it was super into it, um the game ends. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it's it's it has whatever we put in it and there's no good way for players to then take the game and sort of like turn it into their own thing. And so the the community around the game really kind of, like, exploded in the first month and then just rapidly, you know, kind of But also, it's just not
0: that much of a community in the sense that it's all people who like the same thing, but it's not people who, like, work with each other on the same thing and, yeah. and really, like, collaborate in interesting yeah. ways. Yeah, and you,
1: you, can tell, you can tell your friend about Crashlands um, and maybe, like, share with them a tip or something like that, but that's kind of it. Yeah. And so there's no way to really share the experience. Yeah, and so with with Levelhead, we thought you know we wanted to make something that that has the the not just the tendency to form a community around it, but that just will form a community mm-hmm. around it. And so we even saw that during the alpha of Levelhead, we had uh, we had 150 people come into the alpha, and people were just like. It was crazy. People were making all kinds of ridiculous levels, building weird machines and, like, mm-hmm. sharing them with each other and then, like, trash-talking each other over, like, taking each other's top times and mm-hmm. stuff. It was very polite trash-talk, you know, yeah. as it should be. Our community is very nice. Yeah. Um, but but all of a sudden, we had this this thing that was that was completely like a 180 in terms of community uh, engagement. So we're super excited about that. Um, so then kind of going forward in early access, what – what's our approach to this thing like what do we think we want to see coming out of it I mean, like where are we going
0: yeah so I, I mean our our immediate plan is just to get clear of launch and what that means is uh this this weekend basically starting today through sunday uh is sort of like it's it's just like dealing with Armageddon on our side of things. Because it's learning where all the holes are. With yeah, because our- you think you got weaknesses, and then you put like thousands of people onto your systems, and yeah. then you know where your weaknesses are. So that's what we're going to be really paying attention to for these next couple of days: is finding those systemic weaknesses in uh, either in the product or or in the studio itself, as far as how we handle stuff. Yeah, and the more it's you know one of those kind of weird. Things that the more successful it is, the more it's going to hurt
1: during yeah. this weekend. The <laughs> so so, one thing we know is that, for example, like Netflix, they have this thing called the Chaos Monkey. Yeah. That they – it's basically a, a robot that they built that just will randomly attack their own servers and randomly destroy things or like delete things and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea being you, there should be enough redundancies and, and fail-saves built into every system that they have. That any attack or, or hack or, or failure of any kind, any outage, power outage, internet outage, whatever, should have no effect on mm-hmm. people's ability to watch watch movies, right? And so they just have this chaos monkey – just running, just running around yeah. in their production database, just killing stuff. Now it turns out though that humans are actually just chaos monkeys. They're the best. Chaos People monkeys are in the world. chaos monkeys. And
0: so we're about to we're, we're jumping all the chaos monkeys onto the game right now. Yeah. So yeah. A uh, of and, of and chaos unfortunately monkeys. we don't have our yeah.
1: own we don't have our own robot chaos monkey. Mm-hmm. And so there will like I'll just apologize in advance because there will be some stuff that's going to happen. Oh yeah. And we don't know. Uh, we'll fix it but we don't know what it's going to be. So.
0: so the first couple of days is going to be that, uh, and, you know, rapid bug fixes, that sort of thing. Probably the the week following will be in this in a slightly similar vein, which is we'll, we'll be focusing mainly on making sure our processes are good such that we can build stuff, you know, really rapidly and reliably as we go into the future. Um, and then beyond that, it's just going to be adding cool stuff to the game. So we do have sort of our own internal vision for what's going to be happening, but we don't find any value in actually talking about that because probably it'll change. Uh we yeah. change our mind literally constantly. If you listen to any of the episodes of the podcast um, or talk to the community about it, you'll know that very quickly that we were very adaptive in terms of how we work. And so uh, having a, a declared roadmap doesn't quite make as much sense as just saying, like, we're going to put a lot of awesome stuff in the game and you'll just start seeing it. Yeah, we'll always we'll just focus on exactly the next thing because yeah. the assumption is that by the time we get that next thing done, the world has changed around us. We have changed.
1: And now the, we've the grown next as, next thing we've grown as yeah. people are mm-hmm. shrunk. And so yeah. then the next, next day, <laughs> it's going to be something else, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we don't plan things and we'll, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but if you want to keep an eye on the community and kind of like stay more, uh, keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening, uh, here's how you do it. One, this podcast mm-hmm. will just be every week. We'll be talking about what's going on. And we also take questions from listeners uh, through the podcast or at podcast.bscotch.net. And we'll be doing that a little bit later in this episode as well.
0: And you should definitely subscribe because that's the best way to know when new episodes come yeah, out.
1: Yes. Um, so do that. And then we also have a Discord, which is at discord.gg slash bscotch. And we're in there. Uh, we are not going to be able to respond to everything that happens in there. And actually, we're definitely not, we're not going to even try to. Try to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and before way, we
0: even list all the links, you should also just know that if you just go to bscotch.net – our main website. You will They're find every link that we're yeah, talking about. Yeah.
1: So just go to bscotch.net. So we we'll, are we'll just give it a quick like breakdown of like what we've got available yeah. to you. Um, and then we also have our patch notes, um, which you can – if you just follow the the link to the Levelhead uh, Games page on our website, the patch notes are right there. And we will be deploying patches and, and those things will be coming out all the time. So you can kind of see like how the game is changing over time. Um, and then you, you can also actually see what's coming next. because the patch true. The patch notes show you like the most
0: recent release – but also the stuff that's only happened internally, that only our internal mm-hmm. testers have seen.
1: Yes. You'll see the list of yep. all the things. So you'll know coming. you'll know what's coming, yeah. which is pretty cool. Because um, it may be the case, we, we might develop two or three smaller patches and then bundle them together and then deploy them out. So, so yep. you'll kind of like see little things happening in the meantime, um, which is, is super cool. Um, and then also as you make a, a Rumpus account, you'll be in our uh, newsletter. So you'll get some updates about stuff like that. So – uh, is that did I hit it all? Okay. I think. Yeah. Like that's all. Oh, we also have levelhead subreddit, um, mm-hmm. which is just reddit.com slash r slash levelhead. Yep. So lots of different and places. There's the Steam forums, which we assume. People yeah, that's see. where it always is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so there's a lot of different things, and we're we're going to be doing our best to be developing community tools to make sure that that people are able to participate uh, and give us feedback about the game and know what's coming and and all that stuff. So. Um, that's kind of where things are at for uh, Levelhead. Do you guys have any final things to add before we hit some – Go get it and leave us a review on launch time. Oh, yeah. That's please like leave us a review.
0: For the love of God. Oh,
1: yeah. A good one. A good one. Would be the well, ideal. Often, idea, often sort of. people say, I don't care if you leave a bad review or a good review. Just leave a review. Like I care. <laughs> no, no. If you're, if you're going to leave a bad review, please just don't. Don't yeah. you know? You know this is this is our livelihood. Don't you know that saying? It? Like, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say. Shut it, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> shut
0: it, walk away. But the but the more important point is, this is early access, and we are actively soliciting your feedback so that we can Correct, use it in right. the game. You don't have to try to sabotage the success of our game to do
1: it. You can Correct. just you can just go to any of those thousands of things that Seth told, told you about. Well, and notably, what's the consequence of a review? It's that it informs future buyers, right? So yeah. if you think the game is in a bad enough state that. Other people shouldn't even yeah, get it. Then of course. Then yes, go ahead. Yep. We're pretty confident that that's not the, the case. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, have, we have all these little uh, buttons inside the game where you can send us direct feedback about different aspects of the game. And so if you have things that you'd like to see changed, you know, use that because uh, yeah. that goes into our system mm-hmm. and then we can turn it into tickets. Yeah. And tell internet. us about it so that we can fix it. Don't, mm. don't, tell, don't, yeah. don't go
0: tell future yeah, if potential been, buyers about If you've been enjoying it. this podcast for the last 200 episodes, you know, I'm going to call on a favor. <laughs> uh, this free podcast <laughs> this free podcast. And just go get the game And give us give us a thumbs up Play a little bit See, you know, see what it's like And uh, that's really It's part of what the podcast is for For us is to stay in touch with people For as long as possible And then you know Now fair warning Help our own games out The game them. is hard It's challenging That's the word I was told To use by the PR team It's a challenging game Wait, can, oh, Don't worry it,
1: We'll edit We'll edit We'll <laughs> change that, <laughs> can, it all, that
0: can it be difficult? Which of those three are you Challenging around? is the best Is difficult second best? Yeah, difficult's kind of like hard. So we, okay. so we don't want to use like
1: excruciating. It's no, probably that's probably not one uh, of those. Okay. Yeah, well, hopefully not that. I'm good okay. from that one. It's like it's like getting a root canal. It's yeah. just really mm-hmm. really terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we don't those are mm-hmm. we don't want to use. Yeah, that. Stay kind away of. from that.
0: Okay. This is why you don't do the interviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah got it. Got it. <laughs> this game is just it's excruciating. This game
1: you're going to be actually actually many of our alpha testers did report they they played the game so much that, oh, yes. their, that their hands were in physical pain. <laughs>
0: yeah, that might
1: actually happen.
0: So, you so know. the game might be
1: excruciating. No, but here's good. the thing, though.
0: That's just the consequence of exercise. That's, mm, true. that's so, true. So, really, the game was so good that they exercised when they didn't want to. Well, I, which is I, saying something. I think no. This is this is
1: that. kind of like how like you got to tape up your nipples when you run a marathon yeah, because true. like yep. they were like my thumbs are like raw yeah. and callous. You were Gina? playing
0: N64 and you get the dent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the debt in Your thumbs <laughs> yeah, and a little. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna get some thumb dents yeah. from this. <laughs> we, we actually have we have several people in our uh in our level head early access strike team, which is like a few folks who are kind of helping us shore up some things, mm-hmm. testing. Um and they're 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 just playing for fun and they're racking up several hundred hours and it's not even come out yet, yep. and they've only had access for a few weeks. Yeah. The game's got some legs.
0: So just uh and actually on this note, when when we talk about how how challenging this game is. <laughs> uh, do we have any pro tips for people before we roll into into questions? We're just like, as you're playing this game, oh, so one, one pro tip supposedly, I still don't believe it yet, is that the mouse is a great control scheme. It is. Yes. Yeah, so mouse you use and keyboard. WASD and then your mouse. Yeah, but, you- but just clicking the mouse, not like moving the mouse, but mm-hmm. just the clicky parts. It definitely is a little weird when you start, but then like- Because you want to move it. To it? it. Yeah, yeah, you you want to move it to make it do something. But it doesn't control anything. By it's just the, just the clicking. Yeah. And but it feels great actually once you get once you get the rhythm on that yeah and I think then you it, don't I think to... it's
1: because the the key press on a mouse click is very light and, and yeah. easy right so if you're if you're like normally it's either you use a controller which is fine and then then you got your big dumb thumbs like, mm-hmm. your thumbs are the, the dumbest fingers you've got maybe except for pinkies pinkies are pretty stupid pinkies are the dumbest pink, by no pinkies are definitely the, the dumbest thumb. Well, I guess ring finger. Mean, look how
0: stupid this thing I guess, is. I'm <laughs> I looking guess at it right now. It's wiggling around. But also there's a whole thing with like your ring your ring and your pinky finger
1: can't move just by themselves. Right. Yeah. right. So, so ring and pinky finger tie for dumbest. garbage. Yeah. Uh, but your thumb is actually not that great either, you know, because it's big. You, it's fat. You've only got one of them. I think it's really that when you're looking at a keyboard, the thumb going
0: down is actually it going sideways. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You're moving your thumb sideways. Because the
0: thumb is, is oriented different. It's, a, right, it's an opposable th- yeah, thumb. Yeah.
1: Thumbs are meant to oppose. Exactly. Not and so. when you're slapping a keyboard. Exactly. Like it's a with literal your slap.
0: It's actually a, a it's – you're moving your thumb. So like
1: one thing that really bothers me hmm. about controllers is that for some reason we've all decided that your thumbs are the things that you're going to use to control the game. As opposed to having something that you hold and then has like four buttons on the back of it you know, mm-hmm. that you could use your fingers for because yeah. then that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. But yeah. then you, know, you can't but, see them and that freaks people yeah. out. Well, that's why you put an elaborate set of mirrors kind of wrapping mm, around true, yeah. the We thing. could do
0: this for our oh, yeah, uh,
1: console. Oh, later. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had a new controller. It's you can't see the buttons unless you use a mirror.
0: We were, we had the courage <laughs>
1: uh-huh. to put the buttons on the so back. So, what we'll do to solve that is the, the console itself will be a, a, it'll very, be a, mirror. It'll be a very small cube, but it would be covered in mirrors that yep. way you can see the back of the control. Boom, problem solved. <laughs> right. right, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Any other pro, so yeah, the pro tip is basically try muscle keyboard. Supposedly, fun, if you if nice. you just let yourself adapt, just let yourself
0: be in it, then it's good. Just, just uh, any other pro tips? Learn the package jump mechanic. Like yep. really, just practice it. Well, if you play play the there's a challenge level that is optional where you from which you can unlock signs and arrows yeah. in the campaign. That's called the package jump test or package jump challenge. And this level is one of those levels that if you play it, it will sort of lock into your muscle memory exactly how to do basically yep. the sort of almost the quintessential move of level head, which is using the package as a stool and then jumping off of it and picking it up with you as you go somewhere. What this allows you to do is jump on spikes because you can bring the package with you and put it underneath you before you hit them and then just yeah. jump off it
1: yeah. again. Uh, another tip is just have fun with it. You know, That's I mean,
0: just, yeah. just let it well, as as, soak in as far as creation goes, because a lot of people, what we saw from, from the alpha is that about a fifth of people actually ever build levels in a game like this.
1: And or ever-published levels. Published levels. I think they probably tinkered with the workshop a little yeah. bit. Yeah,
0: and so uh, – Just put too much pressure on yourselves. You know. Yeah, it's fine to make real terrible stuff. I mean all of us, we we literally made platformer for the first time with Levelhead. And so the first levels we were making, absolute garbage.
1: Yeah, we, we actually made an entire campaign. We did. At, uh, in the first like four months of the game, which we deleted all of it. Yeah, because it was real bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've made
0: three now. This we've is the made, third yeah, one. We made
1: three whole campaigns, yeah.
0: and then I also during the alpha deleted the first seven levels. Yeah, and then made replaced them one them with one. Yep. So uh, that sort of iteration, like just learning and stuff, just really just have fun putting stuff together and make something that you're even vaguely proud of, and then publish it because it's it's just kind of fun to get out there and actually do some stuff, and don't be so don't be so hard on yourself. I guess yeah. this isn't school; you're just here to have fun. Well, and, and
1: I think I think a lot of those – if you're first learning how to build levels early on, it's all about that. It's all about putting constraints on yourself. Yes. Because you, know? you might think like, oh, I need to just keep playing through the campaign and unlock more and more and more stuff. My problem with my levels is I don't have – enough things yeah. you know yeah. and, and usually the usually the worst levels are the ones that have the most things yeah. you know you want to you want to focus on a really interesting mechanic and then just like build something simple that kind of just exploits it it takes Give a the lot player time
0: to breathe yeah, it takes a lot of design power to be able to merge even like 10 elements in the game together well so yeah. if you start when you start off the game you'll have just like spikes and vac rats which are the first enemy
1: you come in contact with fantastic way
0: to build a level out of yep
1: Actually Funny. this would be an interesting study we can do because we do know how many unique elements are in each level. That's mm-hmm. something that's something that we can track on the back end. Mm-hmm. And we also have an algorithm that, that determines how engaged people are with the level. You know, it's like uh, so average so playtime. Yeah, we can do a correlation and be mm-hmm. like – I assume it I assume it's sort of like just a decreasing Curve. Like yeah, the probably, More stuff is in there. Yeah. the less If you've got like, like ninety unique things in your level, there's just so many things happening, mm-hmm. and the player's like, I can't. Yep.
0: I can't and this do is what this. we did actually. So the final level in the campaign has everything in it. I think I'm, there might be one thing missing of the like seventy items that you've seen that fu- that. It's hard. It's hard,
1: and it yeah. took a very long time. But it, yeah, <laughs> it, took a, well, it took a long time and a lot of iterations to get it to a point where it wasn't like overwhelming. Yeah, you know. Um. So it's not easy. To do that, and so just like you know, just trim it down, and you're good. Um, all right, let's let's hit some questions. Let's do it. Uh, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net, and also if you ask questions there, you can you can see other questions and vote them up, um, so that you can even if you don't want to ask something, you can kind of influence what's going to come in future episodes. Uh, all right, so first question comes from Leaky Leaky Lekey, who says. <laughs> What are your thoughts on difficulty options in games? Is it preferred to give the player options to tailor their own experiences or to have one difficulty that is well-tuned by the devs? All right. Yeah. One practice. difficulty cannot be well tuned. There it is. Not possible. It's gonna be well-tuned for a subset some of users. Mm-hmm. Um we, we've even talked in the past, uh we, we we used to give a lot of talks and stuff in like our local game community about things like marketing and, and game balance and uh you, you would even have a scenario, and we've ran into this with Levelhead, that because the game was kind of cartoony looking and and mm-hmm. uh colorful, then we discovered that many people signed up for the alpha thinking that it was gonna be like a very casual game. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to kick the crap out of them, uh, and it was not it was not well tuned for them, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about like, is the game delivering what the player expects and what the player wants to and get? And how
0: do you message that appropriately? So actually all of our trailers yeah. now, which is the new one also launched today, they, they aim much more towards showing that it, it feels a little bit more intense than the previous trailers where it was just kind of chatting and making jokes. And so there's a big part of that. But there's if, if your game has room for being able to apply multiple difficulty levels, so generally you're going to see that in RPGs and stuff like that, um, then you absolutely should because as i said you're actually thinking that you're making a difficulty that is the best difficulty for the game it's it's for a particular demographic of people and so if you have the ability to do it then you probably should we did this with crashlands where you could pick up front what difficulty to go into the main problem with that one was that people would go in thinking that the normal balance that we chose was going to be easy and so, so they would
1: turn it up to they'd max. be like i'm going to
0: put it on ludicrous mode cuz i know what i'm doing and then they get into it and we had, we didn't actually give people the option to change difficulty midstream which some games do um, I think Witcher. We, is yeah, yeah, We just took a stance on. on that and we just said live in your truth. Yeah. Live in your truth. and then We're giving we you what you wanted. Tons of complaints from people. And probably shouldn't have done that to be honest because it would have been no, skin no I still off. stand by it. For sure. <laughs> but no skin <laughs> off our backs and uh, as far as, you know, making it possible for people to swap the difficulty dynamically. Um, and so the interesting thing is with the game like level head, platformers are one of those game types uh, almost like something, anything that's really uh, skill-based and where the level designs can't be, can't really be meaningfully flex in any way because of how the game itself works, uh, have more of a – almost like a static difficulty level to them, right? So we can make levels in level head that are kind of – that feel easier. Uh, but the basically the rate of challenge and sort of the way the game works means that there's just a certain difficulty associated with stuff and we've had to pick one for the campaign in particular.
1: Yeah, because well, if you wanted difficulty levels or tiers or something, then your options would be like maybe slow the game down because mm-hmm. then people can react to stuff better. Uh, Or you'd actually have multiple variations of the same level, right? which actually some of our alpha testers built this concept where at the beginning of the level, Mm -hmm. you would hit a switch and then that would like display a number, which is the difficulty level. And then depending on what you hit, it would spawn like spikes and enemies into the level that otherwise wouldn't have been there,
0: which is – awesome for me, like crazy things you could build inside this game so you standpoint.
1: you could do that mm-hmm. we, we didn't want to do that <laughs> no, it, do, well, it, does, it doesn't make, it doesn't
0: quite make sense for something like a campaign yeah so uh the interesting thing about levelhead though is that if you play with uh if you're having difficulty with it in the campaign in particular if you play with a friend it's sort of like playing um the old super mario for the wii or the new one on the switch uh where the co-op experience is simultaneously more chaotic and fun but also an easier experience because sometimes sometimes because both of you have to be dead at the same time. Yeah. So that part makes it easier. Yeah. But and you can most other things it. actually kind of make it harder. But in our game, you don't actually smack into each other side to side. That's like, true. Which is the thing that in Mario B. kills you constantly. Yeah. And so uh, if you're having trouble with the, with the campaign, grab a buddy. Go through it that way. Uh, and otherwise, you can spend a lot of time. Once you unlock the uh, the workshop, you also unlock the tower. The tower is where all the levels go to live once they've been cleared in the marketing department. And you can literally just pick your difficulty and then just go play the best stuff every day in there. Yeah. So. It's, a, it's And we, an easy and we will
1: be adjusting those over time because mm-hmm. I think we may have. Well, we we just had to pick values. Yeah, we we
0: haven't seen actually what, for setting
1: the difficulty rates. Yeah, setting mean, difficulty yeah, rate. Yeah, because we just we actually haven't seen enough stuff yet. Yeah, right now our highest difficulty tier is one in a hundred or 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 uh, lower for the clear rate, meaning like for every hundred attempts that people make on this level, only one attempt is successful. Right. Um. But I'm pretty sure that there's already some levels that have like a one in a thousand. Yeah. or lower. It
0: probably shouldn't be the same category. So maybe
1: maybe those are a whole <laughs> other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll be kind of exploring and, and again, those Again, part of the around. purpose
0: of early access,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, difficulty is one of those things that you want, we always want games to be challenging, but that means literally something completely different on an individual player basis. And there's not, a, there's no way as a dev to meet, to 100% meet that need on whatever you set the default as. But having some of these options where, you know, either by playing with a friend or by playing in a certain part of the game that aspects of it become easier to manage, then that's a good way to kind of get at these things.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's actually this, this, I think the hard part about being a game designer in, in the sense of difficulty balancing is that, is that the golden thing that you want is to make people feel proud of Mm themselves. And if something is, if something seems easily doable, then that fails. You can't, you can't uh, feel that. Right. So, you always want to make something that is hard enough that the person thinks they can't do it, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. they manage to succeed because that's like where it feels the best. Yep, right. But not so hard that the person gives up, right?
0: Yeah. So they Before run into and they're, they're like, "I just
1: don't. I can't. I don't think I can do this." And then they try it like one or two more times, and then they start to see like, "Oh, wait a minute." And then they mm-hmm. then they can get over it, right? Yeah. Um. But that that requires you to actually create discomfort. You know, create yep. create sort of like psychological pain so that people can feel better afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And I
0: can tell you, I mean, cause we watch people stream during the alpha and that's mm-hmm. honestly one of the hardest things to watch as a designer is to watch people struggling. knowing cause you know that that's, that is actually the purpose of the whole thing. Like you struggling through the process is what makes people get that intense, like sort of chest out, like rah, sort of feel like once they finally, you know, beat yeah. a thing. Um, but it's just, it is hard cause you're the whole time. Any of us watch them. I'm always thinking like when I'm watching people play through the levels that we built, um, I am just always thinking, like, sh- do I need to downtune this? Like, does it need to be easier here every single right? Time? And then,
1: because you want them to win, but you also want them to feel good. Well, you also, everything. but also, you don't want to see somebody be frustrated because that's sound that's bad. It's, you know? Yeah, it's hard yeah. to watch,
0: basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but everybody – and of
1: course, every person's level of frustration is idiosyncratic. You know? Yeah, it's it's different things will well, and especially you in, amazed,
0: a, but, in a, You know. Puzzle platformer, right? Because sometimes there's a thing that you got to do that somebody doesn't realize. And so then they mm-hmm. go, so then that person just like specifically just starts going and doing something very hard and probably actually impossible as like an alternate yep. to the thing they have to because they just don't realize what it is they have to do. And so, like, so watching that, that's the one that, that drives me nuts because mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: it's right there. It's right there. It <laughs> so right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 But here's what I love about this. Is that all of our players will get to experience this firsthand because they're going to make their own levels and polish them, and then they'll have to like watch people twitch stream them, and they'll be like, "Ah, shit!" And, like watch <laughs> yeah. watch somebody else get frustrated yeah. with the thing that you made. Well, speaking on that
0: though, I mean, one of my favorite parts of Lilhood so far is actually even just with our Alpha Strike team has been in place. Um, we get to play the game in a way that we haven't been able to play any of our games before, which is that we get to actually be surprised by the content of the game.
1: Yeah, if so, you build everything yourself and like you know, you've beat it a yeah. million times, mm-hmm. you know it.
0: And so like I hopped into the marketing department yesterday and played through a couple levels in there and I was just like, what is going <laughs> on? This is incredible. And like I was learning things about how the game works because I have I I don't build levels around exploits of course for players in the campaign, which is our current our current
1: team only builds levels. Around they're like, they're,
0: they're creeping out. It's like everyone's getting a PhD and getting on the edge of like, <laughs> the knowledge field in uh, level head, right?
1: Well, actually one of our one of our uh Testers made a level that he he took one of the battles from Undertale. Okay, have you played this one? I haven't played it yet. I saw a video. Of I I, play, I was just watching. I was like, the time I was watching, I was just like, how? <laughs> <laughs> so he he made Undertale. They have like a they have a little you know in the battles they have a little like box, and then they have these little mini games that happen in the box. Mm. So basically, what he did was he designed several different mini games that would happen to you in the same area. Uh, depending on the phases of this boss fight. And he he did this because we have this little like item in the game that actually kind of looks like the face of one of the skeletons in undertale. Uh So he put that face on top of like a little body shaped Uh thing. So it looked like you're fighting this enemy. Uh He figured out how to create health bars using things like moving along paths. Um, And then you (laughs) have to (laughs) defeat every time you pass through one of these mini games and you like quote deal damage to the enemy. And on top of that, he used the switch system Plus our boomboxes to recreate the music of the. Oh box. my <laughs> god! Yeah, so, so this is the sort of thing where it's like, what?
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> in, my, and in my in my like tiny imagination, I was just like, it's gonna be really cool, and somebody just like remakes Super Mario levels. Yep. You know, like that was that was that was, that was as far yeah. as my imagination yeah. was so, rebuilding Undertale. If are gonna build head. other games, uh, yeah, but even even stuff like uh, like one of our testers during the alpha made uh, fork knife, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. which was a Fortnite. "Quote unquote clone," I yeah. don't know, but where he made like a little using using the the whirly fire burners, he right made there. a shape of an airplane. He made a shape of an airplane with propellers that you just fall out of into a hundred enemies. You kill, to know, all the kill all yeah. of kill all of them. I love that one. I opened it up. I just started giggling. Yeah, so, was like, just okay. so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and fun. all the enemies are also like falling from the sky. Yeah,
0: yeah. but even um, but even the name because then they you know using the the name combobulator um, and and coming up with that way of of making it because in the moment you get in there and you're in an airplane. Then you immediately get
1: it, yep, you know. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was very fun. Yeah. So I'm I'm so excited. Yeah. It's gonna be yeah with Crashlands or any of our previous games. It was just the game is what it is, and the players get what we give them. Now mm-hmm. the players get to give us weird stuff. Yeah. It's a nice exchange yeah.
0: now. Well, Lovel also one of the rare games where I've actually been playing it at home on occasion just for fun.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it'll surprise you. Yeah, and I had yeah. an, like I had an idea for a level the other day It was just like a dumb thing that I would not put in a campaign. Yeah, but get now you, you can juggle, still go make it. Yeah, like you get to juggle you get to juggle enemies. And so what I found out because we Seth and I were debugging something and we were hitting hitting an enemy from below with a package, which allows you to knock them up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, hmm, What if you could build a level out of keeping a certain number of enemies up so in you gotta the air, juggle them. So you got to juggle <laughs> those enemies by hitting them with the package a shitload of times, uh-huh. and you got to do it to like sort of a beat. And so I just made this really simple level where. The first room just has one of them in it, and then the second room has two, and the last room has three, and you got to juggle both of the enemies or all three of the enemies simultaneously to be able to get out of the room. And they have built it in like 40 minutes or so, figured it out, and published it, and like you know told the community about it. It's just a fun thing. <laughs> like it was so fun to just get in there and do. It relieves a lot to, of the pressure because right? the campaign still under a lot of pressure because yeah. that thing has to be like bulletproof. That's the other be, nice thing. Has to, to be tuned well yeah. for us as creators. Like we can actually go make these little toy levels. And yeah, it's fine. Well, As even I can to, go make stuff because I, I just yeah. – all I do is web tech. I'm not a game designer. I can't, right. I can't, I can't make a good level for the life of me, right? But now I can still go in and make something and share it with people. And it's not going to hurt the game. And I, yeah, and I can't hurt the game yeah. with it.
1: It's great. I'm so excited. It's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Dang Pak Pakawoo. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Uh, with Levelhead with, with level being your new game and Crashlands fading into the background, how does it make you feel? Is it hard to see something you worked so long on slowly fall out of the limelight? Nope, nope. I think it's important to note that Crashlands rapidly fell out of the line. <laughs>
0: yeah, Yeah, we were looking That's over our uh, sort of like sales graphs and stuff from that game a couple of days ago as we're prepping for for launch and yeah, it was like within a month. It's still the case that like half
1: of the of the revenue and players we've ever gotten from Crashlands were in the first month. Yeah. Actually, no, I think players we did some humble bundles and at yes, that point, yes. you know, Scoop at that point we're that getting way. like 30 cents per copy or right. something like that. So like yep. yeah, we're getting a lot more players at that time. But actually, a lot of them are accidental players. Mm-hmm. Like they bought the bundle because, like, oh, there's this other game I know about, yeah. and then they end up with Crash <laughs> yeah. hands like well, basically I don't know. for free, and then, yeah. yeah, and then they just go resell it on G two A or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a huge spike right all at once, and then just real quiet. Yeah. Um, and Levelhood we're hoping is more of the
0: opposite. Right, well, still a spike at launch, but then hopefully just it just grows. That's what's supposed to happen in early access if you're doing your job right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know that's that's sort of the goal with that one, but yeah, I think it's actually I'm I'm happy to finally have something else because I think Crashlands was our first what I would call like a legit you know full butterscotch experience sort of product that we got to make. Um, and it's always just it's been lonely to be honest. I don't yeah. think it's so much of like it <laughs> receding into the limelight so much as like Crashlands finally has a buddy. Yeah, that is like of a you know I mean Levelhead to me is a it's all of a it's a similar caliber um or in Levelhead's case like it's a better game than what we were able to make at the time with crash basically on every dimension for us i was a dev team as well as i think for the player experience um and so mainly i'm just excited about having two games out there that both of them are just really incredible and also in very different genres yeah. it's just kind of fun so i'm not worried about it at all i think it's actually probably going to help crash in the long run probably
1: yeah people can go from level head to crash maybe not so much the other way correct you know, Crash's yeah. is a lot more chill. It has lots mm-hmm. of difficulty tears and it you don't have to, you know, be a ninja. They're different kinds it. of experiences. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, it may it may help out. All right, well let's hit two more questions. Uh, next one's from Is Chalosis. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Speak of the devil. We did right before this podcast started. yeah. Little, my little recorder box thing, you just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we struggled with it for about eight minutes, and then we we're like, "What if we just unplugged it?" And then we did, and then it worked perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always that's all. Well, then your- after we plugged it back in again, that was the key. That, though that's yeah. the thing that people often forget yeah. is you um, don't just unplug it. Yeah, it's a two-step yep. process. Off, and, you know, then on. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to just turn it off. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question comes from Zivix. And final question, right? Final question. And Then we got to get to work. Yep, and exactly. everybody else has to get to playing head. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Or how, hopefully, you were just playing while you were listening to this episode. Be even better. Yes. Well, we need we need an in-game player. That'd be kind of fun.
1: Uh, Can we do that? I'm uh, I'm asking, but I'm the one who would have to do it. So uh, I, guess. I mean, yeah,
0: from from the website, it's just downloading stuff, so that's easy. Um,
1: could you stream it? Could yeah. you stream it in game? It would be a pretty good size download. Yeah, it's that's bigger the main than thing. anything else we download. Yeah, because sure. the levels. We are doing the math. A level, The typical level is like 500 bytes or something like that. Yeah. So it. it would take, what, uh, several thousand levels, like 6,000 levels to make an MP3 file or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. No. because yeah. be 500 megabytes, right? It's 500 bytes. Oh, it's 500 bytes. So, so yeah. a 1,000 levels. There's only 500 kilobytes. 500 kilobytes. Yeah. So the math works out. You need yeah. a lot of levels yeah. to make one podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Anyways, what was the question? Oh, <laughs> do you do any of you have a favorite level archetype going into early access? Mm.
0: The, I mean, the only archetype I even know of is the package jump panic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a that's a type of level that is only spikes. There's nothing to stand on. There's no terrain, and the only way to navigate it is to, to take y- your terrain with you to use your package to jump off of package jump. And then it's called package jump panic because – Every basically, jump is a panic moment. Yeah. You're basically just <laughs> shooting sweat out of every pore that you have. Yeah, the There time. were some pretty wild ones that were made during the
0: yeah. alpha. that And and one that I I couldn't even get past the first – I could make the first jump. But it was set up so that even if you made the first jump, you immediately got stabbed if you didn't jump right away again. Yeah, And I couldn't –
1: so I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get past like. that point.
0: And I tried I literally tried it 60 times yeah the over, are, They're fun but I don't enjoy them if that yeah. makes sense.
1: I like them conceptually. Yeah. I like them as an idea. I want like one every now and then. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, right. It's kind of just like a uh, it's like spicy food, you mm-hmm. know, like it's good to have some of it, but you don't want to really go overboard cuz now you're going to the hospital, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I my personal favorites are
0: I think two sorts. So one is is contraptions. Mm-hmm. So just when people build just weird things where, uh, you know, like this, this Undertale game or we had someone build basically a pinball machine um, where they take the mechanics that we've put into the game that we don't actually use in that way literally at all. So none of the campaign levels make use of this stuff in that sort of way uh, and then do something surprising with it. I think it's great. And then the other one is actually sort of the more Metroidvania feeling ones. Yeah, And I like those most because they tend, they seem to me to be, it puts people for some reason in a better frame as far as how they're pacing their level. Yeah. Um, where because it's about backtracking, it's about like exploring new things. It's a slightly it's different. It's about trying to murder you. So those levels they
1: take a lot of time to build. Yeah. They take a long time to yeah. build, and
0: so I, they 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 they're are probably thoughtful. my favorite. Yeah, they're very thoughtful. And, and there was one it I remember easier. playing that had like I think twelve different switches in it that you had to like you go climb get around. to and get and basically get all every single one of them flipped in the right orientation before you could finally get to the end. You know, mm. uh, and but it was it was a lot of them, and so it was like so you never quite know, but you like but you need the right combination to get certain doors open to get to other ones and so on. You know. And so there were just so many switches happening. I was like how, how did you keep track of this? Well, this is my favorite like it, it. To me, those those Metroidvania ones make levels that start feeling like small worlds. Yeah. Which is like the closest that people get to and that sort of thing. Um and I just yeah, I think those are awesome. My favorite by far.
1: I agree. Yeah. I I like the ones where they just the the creator just wants to like make a a long and interesting kind of like series of puzzles or, or like mm-hmm. nicely scaling challenges. But I think there's like a specific archetype for that. You just like well-balanced things? I like, I like yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, coherent or cohesive. Uh, yeah, well, because what you'll oftentimes see is people building a level where it's just really hard and it never lets up. Yeah, You know, like it just never gives you a breather. Uh, it never gives you, like, one of, the thing, one of the things you'll find in the campaign is we'll do stuff like give you a bunch of really hard stuff and then you just get like a nice coin trail. You like run mm-hmm. and pick up a bunch of coins. It's like, good job, you yeah, know, yeah. and then you touch a checkpoint and now you're kind of like reset for the next challenge. Yeah. It's so, like in,
0: you know, in Dark Souls or Sekiro, like, you have to have your bonfire moment. If you're, if you're hitting a player with a ton of stuff, like, you've got to give them a bonfire moment where they can just sit down and, like, ooh, sort of a thing, right? As yeah. opposed to just, just constantly hammering them. Yeah. A
1: so, really, just, like, levels that use, that use uh, rewards and strategic checkpoint placement um, are, like, I don't even care what the type of level is. If you've got that, then, like, you could pretty much do anything,
0: yeah. you because know? yeah, you'll stick around at that point,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, if... And like one, one of the, – there's like all kinds of small things people will start to see. So things like if you give somebody a power-up, the power-up has a, like a one-second or like 0.7-second animation, mm-hmm. which is – it looks cool. Uh, and it, and if you experience it once on a level, you're like, yeah. But if you touch the power-up and then the next thing you do is hit a checkpoint, mm-hmm. then it's like – or sorry. If you, if you touch checkpoint and then get the power-up, then every time you die, you have to reacquire the power-up yeah. and you have to just like keep watching the animation. <laughs> it's just as a
0: pro tip as far as how the campaign – design uses checkpoints they are either to lock in the fact that you just completed some incredible difficult thing or to make sure you don't have to do something annoying again yeah, yeah. Which sometimes <laughs> means in the campaign there's a few levels where you'll actually have checkpoints almost back to back where yeah. one is celebrating that fact the next is sort of like you've got getting you, it past an annoying yeah Except but, but notably
1: something is generally not annoying the first time you do it correct well actually almost never yeah right so what's r- annoying it's is repeatedly doing it yeah, yeah. yeah. so so when, when you're going to publish a level, just like play through it a bunch of times and make sure that as you die at each checkpoint that you're not having to like redo. Oh, which reminds stuff. me of another pro tip, which is actually be kind of stingy
0: about your uh, about your checkpoint use. Yes. Because they save the current state. So it's not like Mario where like when you hit a checkpoint, you're like, you're cool. You're in the middle of the level now. If you die, you're like back in the middle of the level. But if there were things that you did around that, those are those also reset, right? And level head, it's like literally anything you have done is now saved mm-hmm. up to that moment in time that you hit that thing. And so if you go do more things before you hit the checkpoint, you don't have to do those things again after yep. you die. So
1: when you say beast injury checkpoint usage, not as a builder, but as a player. As a player. So like if you yeah. see a checkpoint, maybe don't necessarily hit it yeah. immediately.
0: Yeah. So that's one of those advanced tactics that you need to start using later yeah. on the campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah especially because they are like secrets and stuff that are, that are annoying to get to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are like – you'll come up to a checkpoint and there's a secret nearby. And so get the you, you got to make this decision, like, do I get the checkpoint and now be safe not to do the last stuff I did? But now knowing that every time you die after this, you have to go get that secret again mm-hmm. um, or get the secret first, then
1: get the checkpoint. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a real badass, turn you on speed run mode, it. which turns off all the turns checkpoints. Turns off all the checkpoints. Yeah. Why would that be good? It's because check when you die, you restart checkpoint. Some people
0: like pain. I don't know. Let's just, you know.
1: But the checkpoint yeah.
0: is, keeps on adding time, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you reset at a checkpoint, it's still – it still counts the, the time you accrued time. during that attempt, mm-hmm, yeah. right? So if you die a whole bunch of times, then your final time will be much, much slower, right? Yep. So presumably if you're, if you're a real legit speedrunner, mm-hmm. any death at all is unacceptable and you yep. should start the whole level over. So Absolutely. we just added a little checkbox for that so you don't have to worry about it. Well, as okay. we wrap
0: up, I do want to thank uh, both Shur, who, who handled all the localization for Levelhead. And we're in how many languages? Uh, we've nine. got nine languages. Nine total. Uh, one of them is English. One is of them so is English, which
1: was, it just was technically it. was there by default. That's true. So yeah. we did
0: eight extra ones. Yeah. Um, and then also Sampada for handling operations and management stuff for the studio. It's been a really slick operation here these last couple months um, in the studio. And, you know, those two and as people our, also building the game with us. Yep. And then as our as beta team. Club. Our beta team was fantastic, uh, and the people who joined us for alpha, yep. uh, as well as people who've been ongoing in the alpha strike team, we found a bunch of interesting edge case bugs that you know probably would have given us a heart attack on uh, over the next couple of days that we got yes. in early. So, like, thanks to everyone who has in some way kind of helped out with making this game possible, and our moderators, of course, for helping keep the community mm-hmm. in yeah.
1: shape. It's been a ride, yeah, but it's, it's gonna be a wilder one going forward. Yep. So, all right, well, I think that's all the time we've got. So everybody have fun, have fun playing go Level Head. Levelhead. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, all the links to everything is over at, uh, dot or you can just go to podcast. We've got everything. It takes you to the same place really. Yeah. You know? Um, and also thanks to, uh, fat bard and Jen Coster, the producers of our podcast for, for putting this whole thing together and letting us, uh, letting us talk to you guys. so thank you all very much and we'll see you next week in levelhead. Goodbye. Goodbye.